Welcome to Teching Ball, where we keep our opinions about Reddit private and show solidarity with Alan Powell. I'm Buck. I'm a boss, and amen to that. <laughs> All right. So, boss, uh, what's up? You brought any stories today? Well, first, I have a public service announcement. Um, okay. Do you know what July 15th is? I do not. So... Oh, is this the Amazon thing? This is your announcement? Yes. I mean, everybody okay, I do de- know. <laughs> everybody deserves to know this, that Amazon has basically declared July 15th as Prime Day. I think it's Amazon's 20th anniversary is what it is. And Amazon has said that this will be a day which will be, you know, a competitor or even much better than Black Friday because Amazon is going to give you way more deals than Black Friday on this day. And I think they're also going to give you discounted memberships for, uh, you know, Prime and stuff like that if you're not already a member. I thought everybody was a Prime member, but in case there are people who still aren't, this is your yeah. chance to get Prime membership. And July 15th, so... more Christmas creep. Whatever it is, I'm just going to be <laughs> online on Amazon all day on July 15th and probably not get any work done at all. That's Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this will be like a normal work day, but on Amazon. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll just be spending all my time on Amazon. All my browser tabs will be Amazon that day. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, everybody be ready for Amazon Prime Day on July 15th. Mm-hmm. A I, day that will live in infamy. <laughs> Amazon servers might crash. I hope they have planned for capacity. <laughs> Especially I, after Amazon we announce... Amazon is the company you use to make your servers not crash. I, I think know. they'll be able to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I'm just letting you know especially after it goes out in our podcast I'm sure like you know a lot of more people will become aware of this so. I, I bet they'll <laughs> prioritize their own uh, co- computation and maybe a lot of other sites will go down that we're depending on a lot of AWS <laughs> but Amazon yeah. is staying up that day there's no way they're letting it go down <laughs> yeah pro- in India something like this had happened and India's Amazon, there's a company called Flipkart, which you well know of. It actually crashed that day. So, (laughs) well, we'll see. All right. All right. What's your first story today? Uh, My first story today is about uh, the CEO of Daybreak, formerly uh, Sony Online Entertainment. Or, or, yeah, Sony Online Entertainment. Uh, you, may, you may have heard that uh, a guy from Lizard Squad got caught and convicted of a bunch of crimes where Lizard Squad was mm-hmm. the, the hacking group that famously took down Xbox Live and PlayStation Network last Christmas. Uh-huh. And uh, they, he was charged with uh, 50,000 hacking uh, accounts. And uh, this, was a, this was a 17-year-old kid in Finland. And they basically gave him two years of probation, and he has to help the authorities you know, fight against hackers. This is his punishment. And the, uh, yeah, the CEO of, of Daybreak, uh, you know, who had you know, lived through this traumatic event on, on Christmas, was super pissed <laughs> and took to Twitter to just threaten this, uh, this teenager. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Tweeting, uh, that was the piece of garbage that brought my plane down, leaked my information, and did all kinds of other crap to me. Referring to uh, that this group had actually uh, done a bomb threat mm-hmm. on the on a plane this guy was riding on and grounded it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, you know, saying that the guy has not yet been charged with the the DDoS attack they did on Sony um, la- uh, last Christmas, and that you know he he was still going to be going to jail, and this guy was going to make sure that. Yeah, you know, he he would get this kid basically, and he was threatening to sue the kid's parents, and 
and saying like I'm coming for you. <laughs> it's like taken. Okay. Yeah, he said uh, one of his one of his uh, tweets is his parents need to be held accountable for his actions in addition to going to jail at what security, which is the guy's Twitter handle. So I'm coming for you, Julius. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, people kind of saw that and said, "Wow, this this guy is." going a little nuts here on basically yeah he just basically went nuts i guess he yeah, just needed to take his anger yeah, out yeah I mean, maybe the the punishment was a bit light but you know this is finland that's that's what you've got yeah to exactly that guy and, should just um, go do some yoga or something to relax yeah. <laughs> and so you know i read that i thought oh that, that's kind of an interesting story and then uh you know a couple days later i read now, uh, Daybreak, which uh, is you know his his company's you know renamed from Sony Online Entertainment and kind of split off a bit. Uh-huh. Their games are being DDoS now. Which, awesome! Uh, you know, for for any listeners who aren't familiar, is distributed denial of service attack, where uh, basically they're just making a lot of requests on this company's servers, and now people <laughs> can't play the online video games that are supposed to be hosted on them. So basically, this is revenge which is for exactly his... what this kid was, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, did to Sony in the first place that made this guy so mad. And uh, they didn't even put more requisite measures in. What do most people do? Most people put it through Cloudflare or something like that, I guess, those sort of systems? Uh, yeah, you you try to put some some systems in place to kind of cut off these requests early. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can yeah, try to put it through a cloud hosting service to just be able to handle the volume. But mm-hmm. you know, in, in the end, you You've got to do something to handle all of these requests because uh, it can be difficult to tell which requests are legitimate until you've done at least some minimal Correct. processing on them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, basically the strategy is to um, try to do the least amount of processing on each request possible before rejecting the ones that, that are illegitimate. Correct. Yeah, uh, well, bad luck for there, Daybreak. There's not much you can do about it. You just yeah. you have to be able to handle a high volume, basically. Or yeah, I think I think that startup yeah. Cloudflare try. I mean, I'm not hundred percent familiar what they do, but I think they offer services like this. And this especially came up, you know, when WikiLeaks happened, and uh, you know, a lot of these companies they started getting uh, DDoS and stuff like that. Like I think Amazon, for example, because it said it would stop donations to WikiLeaks or something like that, and then. You know, they started getting DDoS so, uh, and some other companies, they were using this startup called Cloudflare to prevent stuff like this. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah, but there's there's just, there's not much that, there's not that much you can do if people have a bunch of legitimate computers just spamming you, basically. Correct. <laughs> yeah, not much. Well, I have a hacking story, but I'll keep that for later because we have more important stories on hand. I'll start with a very famous quote. Pseudobashi, you have a giant robot. We have a giant robot. You know what, what needs to happen. Who do you think said that? I think <laughs> this was said uh, between the U.S. and Japan. <laughs> yes, there is a U.S. robotics company called Megabots, which has recently put the finishing touches to its Mark II model and has challenged a Japanese mega robot to a duel. Now, the Mark II basically is a pretty big six-ton robot. It's controlled by two pilots, um, and it fires three-pound paint cannonballs at speeds of over 100 miles. So initially, I was thinking this is a joke, but this is pretty serious stuff. (laughs) So is this thing autonomous, or is it remote control? Well, it has two pilots, so, you know. Okay, so it's not a robot. Uh, Well, it is a robot, and it's a piloted robot. I mean, I'm sure they're... Sure, it's not an automated robot or whatever you want to call it. But And the company mm-hmm. has more ambitious plans. So this company actually wants to create a futuristic sports league 
where you know giant <laughs> robots will battle each other into submission, something like real steel, I guess. Though here, or, the, or like Ipo soccer. Uh, yes, that is exactly the game. Have I was you seen those about. competitions? They're great. <laughs> it is good. Well, anyway, so these guys made a YouTube video and they challenged this only other company in the world which can basically give, or which basically has the same size as their robot, essentially. And this is Pseudobashi Heavy Industries, which has this robot called Kuratas, which is named after the designer. So the Kuratas are lighter, uh, but they also have Gatling guns and it's a single pilot robot. And uh, Sudobashi's CEO and took he, up... These th- are Gatling guns shooting paintballs? Or, or are these robots I, are actually going to destroy each other? Well, I think they might need to be modified to <laughs> shoot paintballs, <laughs> but they will. So both of these robots have a year to prepare for this battle now, and they can make any necessary adjustments. And Sudobashi's CEO... I would res- turn mine into a drone. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will discuss modifications for a robot, and believe me, I, I will ask you for that. Uh, but... First, let me finish this. Sudobashi's right. C- CEO responded between, before the US and Japan women's soccer final. He said, of course I'll fight, absolutely. Uh, the soccer final obviously did not end very well for Japan. And he also insulted the US. You should be offended as a patriotic American on July 5th. He said, but come on guys, make it interesting. Just building something huge and sticking guns on it, that's super American. Which is what Megabots has essentially done. I don't <laughs> see how that's an attack or insult or anything. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and y- building something big and sticking guns on it is super awesome. That's what he said, right? Uh, he Yes. Awesome is equal to American, obviously. So, yes. Yes, obviously. <laughs> and then he went into something about, you know, how mecha or giant robots are basically ingrained into Japanese culture and they cannot afford to lose this battle. So, yeah, uh, this is coming pretty soon. And they also have a starter kit, you know, in case you're interested in getting in the competition. Would you happen to guess how much that starter kit costs? Since you're... <sighs> to make a six-ton robot? Uh, I what, think... What comes in the starter kit? I have no idea. I just know the price. And it's on Amazon, by I'm the way. I'm going to go with... It's on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's on Amazon? Amazon's Japanese website, right? Yes. Oh, um... That lowers my my estimate dramatically. I'm gonna go with two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, it's only four times that. It's about a million dollars. So you can start building your own drone from today because you also have a I, year. I wouldn't imagine that Amazon would have a million dollar item. But I had not imagined this either before I read this. So yeah, this competition. Uh, are you looks sure it's a million dollars? This is uh, you've converted from yen. Uh, in terms of yen, I was actually trying to count the zeros. In terms of yen, this is. <laughs> 10 to the power million roughly it's yeah 120 million yen i think or something like that yeah Yeah. that's yeah roughly the exchange rate yeah so i i did what did you think you could big a five-ton robot for uh, what one million yen (laughs) but yeah Uh, i I knew it wasn't a million yen i was just making sure and we don't know what comes in the starter kit maybe it you know, okay, just now, some of the things you need, and you've still got to spend a couple million to get it going. You have made me click on the starter kit. I am not understanding anything that's written on this website. Um, I can see a huge robot there, and that's about it. And it's under summer sale. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. And mostly five, 147 ratings. So, I don't know if 147 people have actually bought this already. <laughs> so, this is uh, very I'm sim- sure the, this comment section would be great if only you could understand <laughs> Japanese. Since you can, I would uh, encourage you to give us a brief translation later, you know. Okay. Uh, but yeah, as, as for making my own kit, I, I do know the secret to winning this war very easily for the Americans. And in, instead of loading the guns with paintballs, 
Uh-huh. We know that the people making these robots in Japan are probably otaku, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So we're we're going to load the guns instead with uh you know full-size pillows with uh scantily clad anime women printed on them. Correct. Mm-hmm. The the otaku's <laughs> one weakness. I I just happened to translate this page on Chrome in English, which is hilarious. So I'll just read one question from a customer <laughs> Q&A. That question is is it okay? I'll try to translate this best into normal English than this gibberish which is written here. Is it absolutely necessary for me to buy this? I'm an elementary school sophomore or something like that. And the answer is this maneuver requires advanced skills. How to ride this robot surely depends on you joining a pilot course in army infantry or riot police. Okay, I give up. This translation is too gibberish. My brain. You know. Went- I'm I'm trying to raise the level of the podcast after receiving lots of accusations of racism last week, and then you go and pull this stunt. I was just trying to translate this into English. What can I do? I tried my best. I don't think you even clicked the translate button. I or you think I you think I I was trying to read yeah, directly from. I think you're doing the- this all on your own, and just mocking the Japanese people. I am great fan of Japanese anime and I would never do such a thing. I also love Japanese curry for the record. So again, never ever would I do something like that. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our next story. All right. Uh, it's time for the uh, crazy Quora quote of the day. Okay. Uh, we'll start by by resolving our competition from last week. Uh, I'm undisputed champ. There was only one vote. For me? Uh, no, no, it was for me. Uh, if you look on the Facebook uh, <laughs> post where where I had asked people to vote in the comments, uh-huh. it turns out I'm the only one who voted. Yes, I knew that was the comment there, so that doesn't count, so I win. You're disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> that does count. I'm very surprised that you didn't have the wherewithal to vote yourself. I'm very surprised <laughs> that you don't even know the basics of... To vote. <laughs> Well, my company it, supporters. It seems like you might have more supporters than me, so I wasn't really pushing the issue of, of convincing people to vote. Well, my supporters had actually told me they were going to vote, but they just turned out to be too lazy and never bothered voting. Or you made the process if so my complicated. My supporters had told me that there was no point in voting because I was so obviously the winner. And uh, it turns out their strategy was the correct one because they didn't vote and I was the winner. You deliberately made the voting system so difficult and hard to understand that my supporters are basically prevented. This is what is happening in the South right now. Voting rights acts. It's not my fault you, that you your basically did this. are so stupid that they think that the question I came up with, that I brought in, was a reasonable one. No, you basically enacted the Voting Rights uh, Act on our, uh, you know, uh, poll. Basically, this is what you did. Made it difficult for the people to vote. But anyway, so are you taking me to lunch? Um, um, let's see. Let's go to Pampas. And we can both pay for ourselves. <laughs> no, it's, it's not happening. You're paying for me at Subway on Monday is what's happening. Yuck. Never ever go, it's going to Subway. double punishment on you. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll see on uh, Monday on how I feel. And, okay. Uh, okay. But uh, until then, mm-hmm. you can answer me this. Okay, go ahead. Has a professor ever apologized to a student? I would believe Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who, which idiot asked this question and why? Uh, it's, um, I'm, not, I'm not good enough at Quora to really figure out who ans- who's asking the question most of the time. They, they don't place it prominently. I'm not sure if it even really is public information. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, so I don't know who was asking it. But I do know that 117 people answered it, mostly with anecdotes of, of uh, 
uh, times they were apologized to by a professor and a couple professors saying, yes, I, I apologize to students <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty fun thread to read, though, actually. But I, I, I just love imagining the way this person lives in where, you know, may, maybe it's happened once that a professor has actually apologized to the student. There, there are 7 billion people in the world. There's lots of opportunities. This could actually have happened. Is what must be going through this person's mind. Maybe this person grew up in an extremely sheltered environment where authority of the elders was always supreme and he had no idea that something like this could ever happen. I could, I can actually right now envisage something like this. Yeah, but, is this how you grew up? Uh, close. <laughs> was your first question on Quora, has a mother ever hugged a son? Close. <laughs> close. <laughs> This is like playing that, I don't know what you call that game when you stick a card on your forehead and you have to ask 20 questions to guess, but it uh, looks like my name is on your forehead right now because those that's your questions are leading to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, no, I yeah, mean... The, the only way mothers interact with their sons in India is to try to set them up for uh, marriage. After a certain age, yes, that's how they interact with their sons. After 25, I would say, Yeah. <laughs> You've got many years left of this until you come to your senses and listen to her. I mean, in India, according to ancient scriptures, we have four stages of life. So the first stage ends at around 25 once you finish a college education and stuff. I'm in the second stage and that is supposed to be dedicated to, you know, marital life and all that. So yeah, this is going to go on forever. So you're completely failing at this stage in life. and, and you're Pretty much. I have, this stage apparently goes on for the next 25 years. It's very nicely broken down. You assume you live for 100 years and each stage is 25. So I'm in the second stage. So this it's supposed to last another 20 years pretty much. So you're trying to put off your marriage as long as possible so that you have as few years where you're required to actually yes. pay attention to your wife. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> this this is, is an plan. interesting strategy on your part. You know this works both ways, right? Um, or does it? I, I don't know how sexist these Indian roles are. <laughs> uh, yeah, from the scripture, it seemed to me that it was only meant for men. Women were not prominent, featured prominently in those uh, passages, I, as, as far as I remember. Yeah, only for men. Okay. So speaking of sexist roles, okay. uh, you hear about a really cool program going on in this uh, town, Timmins, Ontario, where the library has a summer robotics program uh -huh. for kids age 9 to 12, mm -hmm. uh, where you know they, they can learn to do robots, basically. I have not heard of this program, but on the face, it seems good, but I'm sure you're going to come up with a catch now. What is that? Well, the, the catch is uh, a little girl named Cash Caden goes to the library and says, hey, this, this program sounds cool, I'd like to sign up. And the librarian tells her, uh, no, this program is only for little boys. You cannot sign up. Uh, boys' academic and literacy skills don't improve over the summer break. Therefore, this, can't, this program is only offered to boys, was the, the exact quote. I don't know if that's what they told her or something they then publicly stated Wait, so later. Let me get this straight. So the only reason <laughs> boys can join is because their literacy skills can't improve over summer? So they are basically useless? Uh, no, because their literacy skills uh, don't improve over the summer. So they're like, well, uh, you know, boys mm -hmm. uh, stagnate over the summer. So we're going to make a program just for boys to make robots. Who comes up with this sort of uh, crap? I don't know. What? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so what happened? Are they getting sued now? I hope so. Uh, they're not getting sued. 
what happened was this girl started a petition on change.org, mm -hmm. got 31,000 signatures, met the mayor, mm -hmm. uh, got uh, support from a lot of uh, female roboticists and from uh, uh, famous voice actress Andrea Libman, who does a lot of cartoon voice acting and stuff, and you know mm -hmm. just generally got a lot of attention, and uh, the library ended up reversing its position and saying, this is open to all kids 912. Well, that is good, but I really hope some of these people who came up with this were fired or something, but probably didn't happen, but should yeah, have happened. Yeah, it's really ridiculous that these are the links you have to go to to yeah. sign up for a program. It's it's meant for her. She's a little kid that, yeah. that's teaching robotics. What, why the hell would gender matter? Which is what I'm saying. Like, a person who came up with this has to be like, you know, born stupid or has some other serious mental deficiency and hence should be relieved of yeah. their position. I like the idea that it's like, oh, the kids who who are stagnating and not learning over the summer, they're going to come to the library and sign up to learn robotics. Like, no, the the little boys aren't in this uh, this group either that you're trying to help. I so mean, just, just let kids who want to learn robotics learn. Yeah, it. just learn for crazy fun. Crazy to live with this. They should just watch yeah, robotics it, anime. It sounds amazing. They should buy I, this. I took a robotics mm -hmm. uh, camp mm -hmm. uh, one summer as a kid, and oh, really? it was the most amazing thing I, I've ever yeah, done. that's so nice. <laughs> I mean, I would say the library should be made to buy that girl this robotics kit, uh, kit we just saw on Amazon. That would be fitting punishment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think Cash Caden is... A perfect name for a mech pilot. I completely agree. Actually, that's a great name for a mech <laughs> pilot. Yeah, yeah. She she should. They should be hiring her for this and and popping her in there. I know. Uh, totally. I, yeah. Unless it's unless it's something like uh, Pacific Rim, where where you need to, you know, they've got two pilots. Maybe they need to be very compatible and you know mm -hmm. fully grown and physically fit. But other than that, I I think she she could be able to do this. I'm sure the Pacific Rim, you know, there will be kids with exceptional abilities, prodigies who can do it by themselves. But anyway, let's not get into Pacific Rim right now. Otherwise, <laughs> this podcast will go off track. So, uh, yeah, okay, that's that's good. That's good to hear. At least it changed for the you know better. I'm very surprised that I'm the first one to bring up Pacific Rim in this podcast. When I thought you were going to mock it. I was getting I was piloted by two people. I know I was sort of going to get very defensive, but yeah, you did not insult it too much, so I'm good with it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Pacific Rim is a great movie for okay. me to poop on. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense, but if that's the best you can come up with, oh, that's you're uh, you've disappointed me horribly by not understanding this reference. I actually did not. <laughs> okay, you're you're required before next week to watch some Triumph the Insult Comic Dog videos. <laughs> I'm not watching any of those. But anyway, let's move on to our next story, which is, um, since we discussed hacking today, so might as well discuss some more hacking. So this is about this company called Hacking Team, which is an Italian surveillance company who mm -hmm. basically specialize, I mean, from their name, you can pretty much guess that they specialize in offering tools which enable governments and other companies to hack, you know, other adversaries like uh, human rights organizations and stuff like that. This is what they offer. Uh, I couldn't guess that from the name, but I know but true about them. <laughs> I wanted to make it really clear. And basically, yeah, they, they are not in the cybersecurity business at all. They're just into offensive hacking, uh, pretty mm -hmm. much like, you know, arms dealers are into defense, basically. Um, anyway, so 
one of these hackers actually hacked their own company's internal documents and dumped 400 gigabytes of data. One of the hackers from Hacking Team did this? No, I think somebody else outside the company. Yeah, some other hacker did yes. this. Yes, some other hacker uh, basically hacked their internal database and dumped 400 uh, gigabytes so worth. What, what devious hacking did they did they do to get to this database? That is not detailed here, but I will make some other uh, revelations as we go on, which will tell you a bit more about this company. But anyway, so they put 400 gigabytes of data on the company's Twitter feed in a torrent file. Ultimate insult. And apparently this <laughs> not only had... So this company obviously, you know, for a long time has been on human rights and other uh, watch lists because... They are supposedly selling, you know, these sort of malicious software to governments, uh, which, you know, repressive regimes, as you want to call it, which are basically using this on their citizens and other human rights organizations. And the company obviously has always denied this, but uh, these documents sort of show they have been doing that. Like, I think they sold, like, this software to Sudan and stuff like that, Ethiopia, apparently, uh, which was used against journalists and stuff like that. And uh, also... The company, this company was aware of, uh, you know, malware within Adobe Flash, for example, which it chose not to reveal to Adobe so Adobe could fix it, but then was, you know, it kept on using it so it could be exploited. It's very shocking that there would be uh, security holes in Adobe yeah, Flash. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I mean, Adobe Flash is such a big pile of craftitude that I don't know what to say about it, but <laughs> Adobe has said... so. I, any, I, I, I saw I saw a lot of news on this actually, and people were like, "Oh my God, there's zero day exploits on Adobe Flash." Yeah. Of course there are. <laughs> no, because it's crazy that people are still using Flash. I know, and so what happened here was the person who put this whole thing out. This 400 gigabytes actually contains source code for all their malicious, uh, a lot of their malicious code also. So, for example, that Adobe thing that we mentioned, all these things are already there. So that's why it was like a zero day vulnerability where people could just quickly adapt and start, you know, these attacks. Uh, that's not what zero-day vulnerability means. Well, I thought zero-day basically means... means it's a vulnerability that shipped with the original product. Oh, okay. Well, so anyway, Adobe had that, I guess. And this company, the main <laughs> problem with this company was it chose not to reveal it to Adobe, basically. Adobe has said it's going to patch it in one day. I don't know if that's already happened. But um, yeah, we should basically all stop using Adobe Flash, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now this company is being investigated by the EU and other, uh, you know, organizations to see if it actually violated uh, stuff like, uh, you know, that they should not be selling this sort of software to these regimes. Because I think there is also another, uh, I think people are trying to make laws so to class these offensive software as military-grade weapons so that, you know, you automatically come under a lot of different uh, restrictions when selling this sort of stuff. So, let's see. But yeah. I found it extremely funny that it was posted on their own Twitter feed, especially when this happens to companies which, you know, provide hacking software when they themselves get hacked. I always find that very amusing. Okay, I just quickly looked up what, what zero day means, and it turns out we were both wrong. Okay. It just means it's uh, it's an exploit that, that can be used, uh, or that, that is being used before the um, before it's been released to the public. Okay, I see. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess I was trying. Well, I did not exactly say that, but yeah, that's I sort guess, of. Yeah, you're you're mo you're much more right than I was here because yeah. it's yeah it's a it's something that's used before on the day that the public is notified about it, so that the the company that it's exploiting has no chance to respond Correct. before everyone can use it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it turns out I uh, I thought I knew what this means, but was completely wrong. Grovel before me, but anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> what's well? It's good to know. I mean, good. I mean. I'm sure there's a term for what you said also, that there is, you know, something which shipped with the original product. I would like to look up that. Um, this is most exploits, I guess. I don't know why I thought it meant this. This was a very, very stupid idea. This is... 
Yeah, no, I, but I would I like to know the term. Maybe there is a. Would have pulled it out on myself. Maybe there is a term which also you know classifies stuff like you know what you said. But anyway, we can look that up later. So, what's the next story? Next story is uh, self selfies in Russia are becoming very dangerous. I, I don't know if you've seen some of these. I have actually. Russian government was making laws, aren't they, to <laughs> regulate selfies now? No, they're not making laws. They're they're having a public health campaign. Oh, uh, lo- you know, Russia is basically a lawless country, from my understanding. <laughs> But uh, you know, they're, they're saying dozens of people have actually died taking dangerous selfies, and so they've, they've started a campaign to, to kind of educate people and, and let them know, you know, don't hang off the top of a skyscraper to take a selfie. Don't stand on railroad tracks when the train's coming to take a selfie. Uh, don't do things like this. They have, they have a series of really amazing uh, signs, like, you know, little kind of uh, uh-huh. you know, stick figure like things with I actually red yeah I've, I've, I've seen that actually I think I saw that <laughs> yeah those are definitely going up with this episode they're they're really good and they also have a couple slogans that they're putting on pamphlets and such uh, they've got a cool selfie could cost you your life a selfie with a weapon kills and a selfie on the railway tracks is a bad idea if you value your life. I mean, I know there are lots of problems with Russia, and I find it extremely um, amusing, again, that the government has decided to focus on selfies as the primary threat to public health and has such an extensive campaign against selfies. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's one government ministry. Governments are not <laughs> monolithic organizations. I feel and like in I, Russia, I there might is... be monolithic organization. Everything is very heavily controlled. It's, it's very top-down, but there's still a lot of people involved, and they do have some autonomy. Not everything goes directly to Putin. This actually... And, uh, I doubt this is... This is not their, their main <laughs> national thrust. This is just something that the internet has grabbed on to make fun of. If anything, I feel like uh, this is an argument for everything should go through Putin. <laughs> if this is the sort of <laughs> initiatives that they're coming up with. But, yeah, this is uh, this is great, yeah. Well, it, it looks like one of them, one of these signs says, don't do a selfie while you're fighting a tiger or something. <laughs> so um, some of these could be about Putin. Uh, I think Putin has just done this to enhance his, you know, whole manless routine again. Maybe the t- mm-hmm. uh, person fighting the tiger is Putin in that photo. Or no. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't take a selfie while precariously balancing on the on the edge of a speedboat seems to be one of them. This is like, don't jump off a high building, don't jump in front of a train, these sort of, you know, pieces of advice. (laughs) Don't take a selfie while throwing yourself down some stairs. They've got some good ones in here. (laughs) Leaning out the window of the car you're driving. It's very creative, I have to say. Yeah. (laughs) I had not imagined, I had not imagined people taking selfies at any of these times, by the way. So, this is, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, I think we are almost out of time, so I think it's time to move on to our Palo Altoni. So what's your nomination for the week? I'm going to nominate Cash Caden uh, for the Palo Altoni in uh, Mech Warriorhood. I mean, you are playing the emotional card here because I was going to nominate the Megabot to Robot, but then you nominate this little girl and you think... That- <laughs> You're going to win the award based on sentimental votes. That's right. I'm subsuming yours. (laughs) 
Well, I'm gonna... Okay, fine. I'm not gonna nominate the Mecca category since you already have a nomination. I'll nominate Prime Day as, you know, God's greatest gift to mankind category. So... Mm-hmm. But I guess since uh, you nominated well, Little Girl, we have no choice but to make her win. And since she did so good and she has a great name. So she has to win. And and mm. also because we're not being sponsored by Amazon, so they are, they're not available to win for their promotions right now. <laughs> I see. So this is an indirect. As soon as Amazon gives us the money, okay, they can win for gold box or something. I think you should work in marketing. You're so clever. Mm -hmm. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right, this the price for this week. You do work in marketing for Amazon already, bringing up their Prime Day so much and nominating it for awards. Honestly, it happens no less. Honestly, you are the person who brings up Amazon more in our podcast than I. Yeah, but I don't bring up their sales. (laughs) Oh yeah, right. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the award for this week goes to Cash Kaden for bravely standing up to stupid librarians and libraries everywhere and promoting robotics in general for little kids. All right, with that, uh, we should wrap our podcast. Why don't you tell the people where can they find this beautiful podcast? Yeah, check us out at techingball.com where you can download the podcast or listen directly in a player. You can find us on iTunes by searching for Teching Ball or you can... uh, you know, use whatever other podcast uh, fetcher you want with our RSS feed. <laughs> and you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter, both under the handle Teching Ball. All right. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye.